Well, the sports editor is absolutely uh, delighted to have Simon Harm with us today, uh, a, a person who comes with an interesting story and, and I think a real awesome uh, reputation for playing cricket the way it should be played, I believe. But Simon signed for Essex in, in 2017 and made an immediate impact, um, breaking records and taking best figures of 14,428, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been really great to, to chat to Simon. Simon, thank you so much for your time. Um, and as I mentioned, interesting career, but you started off with an absolute bang when you joined Essex and they, they won the championships after 25 years. Couldn't ask for a better start. Yeah, I think coming from, from South Africa, from the Warriors, uh, we obviously hadn't won uh, a hell of a lot or, or anything. Um, not by lack of effort, but you know, sometimes first-class cricket can be um, a tough scene. We didn't perhaps have um, the right sort of things in place, whether that be players or um, management or structures, administer, whatever it may, may have been. Um, and then, yeah, kind of feel like I fell with my ass in the butter at Essex, uh, walking into a change room with guys like Ryan Tenderscarter, Ravi Bapara, Sir Alistair Cook, uh, Tom Wesley. Um, so it was kind of like quite surreal. Um, something like people that you'd known a lot about um, to then be sitting, sharing a beer, uh, chewing the fat with guys like that. Um, but yeah, to win to win the trophy in my first year of the county championship, I don't think I quite understood what it meant, the tradition of county cricket and the members and just everything that is county cricket. So um, I think it hit home in 2019 um, when we won it again. But yeah, I think incredibly lucky to sort of have the season that we had had and for things to fall into place the way that they did. My, excellent, man. But tell me, did you have another fellow South African with you there on the coaching side of things in, in Andre Nell? Yeah, uh, Nala joined us in the, I think it started the 2019 season. Okay. Um, and he was with us with uh, three seasons. Yeah, so yeah. good to have a fellow South African. Yeah, passionate to say the least. But anyway, let's carry on with your, your career. But uh, your first season was fantastic. You took 72 wickets. Um, I think you blew everyone away, away, Simon. Really good to see. Did you have like a secret ball or something that no one knew about? Um, what, what led to your success? Um, yeah, I like all the feedback that I got is that the ball doesn't spin and I was under no illusions. I didn't know if I was going to get that. I was only playing one format for the Warriors at the time. So I thought maybe I'd miss out the first couple of games. And then I was told June, July, August, that's when the wickets are a bit dry, start to turn. So I was like, you know, ease my way in. Um, wasn't expecting to play too much cricket at the start. Um, but yeah, I went to, when I fell out of favour with the selectors in 2015 with the national selectors, um, I gave one of my good mates a call who's a sort of fitness trainer and owns his own CrossFit gym. I gave him a shot and I said, look, I want to leave no stone unturned. Um, I really want to give this a, a, a good shot. So started working with him and I flew over to India in 2016 to work with a guy by the name of Umesh Patwal, uh, who I'd met on sort of national spin camps uh, that we had been on to, to Mumbai and Colombo. And he was sort of one of the guys there and kind of struck up a relationship with him, went to work with him. And I think that first season after I'd put in like all this fitness work, getting strong, and uh, making sure I was in the shape of my life, going to India, working with this guy, and I was getting absolutely murdered 
um, sort of nothing really came together. And I was like, you know, I've done all this hard work. And it was so frustrating for me because I think sometimes you just expect that, like, if you do all this extra work and you put in all the effort that you're going to see results immediately. And, you know, professional sport doesn't necessarily always work that way. And I think it, it really took a couple of years for me to start reaping the rewards. And it was really... That's that first season going to Essex and understanding so much more about spin bowling, about my body, how to manage myself, um, different grips, different variations, just the little sort of idiosyncrasies of, of, of spin bowling um, that I think really helped me um, in that first season and adjusting to the juke ball and, and different conditions. Sure. Well, Simon, that, that's so great to hear because it just seems like you were able to just get those, those finer things right and then eventually, boom, here we are. And then it led to best figures of 9 for 80 if I've got my stats correct and like I mentioned before, 14 for 28 in a match. And it, it's a bit of luck combined with the hard work that you mentioned earlier. Is that what eventually gets the results? Yes, hard work, but you've got to have a bit of luck on the way as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think professional sport is, is about luck. It's about being at the right, in the right place at the right time. Um. And, you know, we could look back at my career at Essex and if I had signed for Durham or for Hampshire or somewhere else, it could be a completely different conversation. I might not be on this podcast and um, I might not sort of have created the waves through performances at Essex that I have. So it is 100% about a bit of luck, um, whether that be in an individual game, in a spell or just in your career in general, I think. Um, you can attribute a lot, a lot to luck. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'd like to touch on, on South Africa, if you don't mind, uh, Simon. And I think it's it's always a a tough one to sort at first. But I think as as years have gone on, you've you've handled it. But the first question is: it was a difficult situation, but you do you believe you turned that around and made it actually work for you? Yeah, I think I'm the type of character where um, if you sort of push me into a corner. I'm going to come back fighting. I'm, that's just my character. Um, I think guys that I've played with and people that know me well understand that I'm very passionate. I'm very competitive. Um, and so, you know, sometimes bad news is the best news and sort of leaving South Africa, going to the UK, um, falling out of favor with the national side, like all these opportunities were then created where, you know, if I hadn't have decided to make those type of decisions, then I would not be sitting where, we, where we're sitting today. So um, I definitely think that um, that character, the, the pressure of going to England, only being on a six-month deal and having to prove myself um, obviously helped me a lot to, to sort of get me in the right frame of mind to get that competitiveness out of me um, and to sort of put my best foot forward. I've always been of the opinion that I've just needed a shop window um, to showcase like what I'm about um, and Essex were kind enough to give that to me. Uh, it's awesome to hear someone really really good um, but I think it also sort of adds value in the sense that um, it, it, it gives you confidence but also your value as a spin bowler is increased and your value to your team um, is so much more. Do, do you agree with that in the sense because you've you've been through so much and you've gained so much resilience, if I can use that word, you just add so much more value in terms of actual bowling and to your side. 
Yeah, I think it does sort of give you perspective um, with like while you're bowling. I used to be on the field and I wouldn't be bowling well and I'd be like, I'm not going to play the next game. I'm going to be dropped. And this is like an over or two overs into a spell, whether that be in a four-day game or a T20 game. And like your your mental state is so much, so different. Um, you're always fighting um, to sort of just keep your head above water. So, yes, it, it did sort of attribute, but not always positively. Uh, I don't think it's always a good state of mind to be in where you're playing for a place in the team or um, being in that sort of situation. And I think in terms of the team aspect, I think Essex probably gave me more than I gave them at that stage of my career. Um, I fell in love with cricket again. I really enjoyed the the way that Essex went about their cricket Um uh, I grew up at Pretoria High School, old boys, and it was kind of like win or lose, shoot the booze. You played harder on the field, um, but after the game, you would all sit down together, and whether we won or lost, we would have a couple of beers, we'd laugh about what happened on the field, good or bad, and everybody would leave there. You wouldn't leave and phone a guy and be like, geez, I can't believe that I dropped the catch, because it was kind of dealt with in a fines meeting or just in terms of like the banter within the group. Um and, you know, I walked into Essex and there was like a very similar feel, obviously a lot more professional, but it was it was just like a bunch of mates um, that got together a few times a week to play cricket. That's how it felt to me. And it was it was so overwhelming to come from a completely different environment in South Africa to walk into this. Like, this is what I envision cricket to be like. This is what it should be like. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it was really refreshing and I think exactly what I needed at that point in time. Uh, definitely. Well, yeah, Simon. I mean, it's 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 never nice being being dropped for you know from the national side when you you've actually done well. <laughs> You're doing everything right. So yeah, to take it like you did is yeah, it's it's a lot of character, I'd say. Um, but now you um, are currently playing for the Titans and in, enjoying the new franchise system. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think there's a lot being said about the new franchise system. Um, I think. It, it does create more opportunity. It does at, at a higher level. You know, you, the franchise system had its benefits as it had its shortcomings. And I think this sort of new format is going to have similar attributes, shortcomings and, and positives. But I think it's creating um, more opportunity and especially in terms of transforming our sports, in terms of developing um, young players of color, it, it does give them more opportunity. Um, to compete at the highest level. And then also with the promotion relegation, you can't just have um, teams languishing at the bottom and there not really being too many consequences for that. So in that aspect, I think I think it's going to be very good. Obviously, this season is still kind of feeling it out. And from the end of next season, those sort of things would come into play. But I think the feel and the competitiveness of next season will be um, a lot more and a lot different to what it is this season. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 been good. Um, we've got an incredible bunch of guys at the Titans, um, a really good change room. We haven't maybe put our best foot forward, um, but such as sort of sport and and the way it goes, we've just got to sort of keep learning, keep building, um, keep trying to add the right elements to our games, and and hopefully we can replicate some of the the success that the franchise had in that franchise era. Nah, definitely a proper setup there. But now you've played both, obviously, in the UK, the championship there is now in South Africa. 
any sort of similarities or are they still very different in terms of the makeup, how the guys approach the game? Or is it, is it quite similar to, to what you've experienced in the UK in terms of this new system? Um, in terms of the system, it's similar, but mm. I think it's, it's two very different games of cricket. In the UK, you've got guys that bowl 120 to 135 Ks an hour. Um, they're bowling with the juke ball. It swings for 80 overs. It sometimes nips for 80 overs. It's completely different. They don't need to bowl 140, 150. Whereas if you rock up at Supersport Park or at the Wanderers and you bowl 125 Ks an hour and the ball's not swinging, you're going to get murdered. Um, so it is a different dynamic um, compared to the county system. It's obviously a lot warmer playing cricket here than it is over there. Um, but yeah, it's got its nuances and, and differences, but um, yeah, I think it's it's tough to sort of draw comparisons. Yeah, well, it's true. I think that's what makes every league unique, I guess, in its sense. So that, I guess, it is an attractive point, whether way which you look at it. But um, 726 first-class wickets, um, I mean, for the 850 mark, or is that a, is that a goal of yours? Uh, I think more a thousand. That's kind of uh, where I was uh, looking at. Um, yeah. uh, I thought if I could sort of get to a thousand wickets, that would be a, a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think the way that the last few years have gone, if I were to finish on a thousand, it might be a little bit disappointing. Um, so especially playing back-to-back seasons, you're playing a lot of cricket. Um, so yeah, we'll see how things go. Take nothing for granted. Um, but yeah, it would be... It would be really nice to to get past that thousand wicket mark. Definitely, I want I will come back to that, but I just want to ask you because you also mentioned back to back seasons. So, how does it work for you, Simon? You know, when will you leave South Africa? When do you arrive in the UK? Then when do you come back to South Africa, it's a busy time for you. Do you get a bit of a break? How, how does it all unfold for you? Yeah, I try and um, I try and find pockets in the season. Um, I'm very much uh, the light switch is either on or off. Um, this boils down to my character. I'm either 100% invested or not at all. So when I get away from cricket, um, I really try and get away from cricket. I don't want to see cricket bats or balls. or um, So yeah, there's sort of obviously the, the changeover in seasons, um, either that March, April period or September, October period where I'll try and get a week to 10 days to just like really get away from everything. Um, but yeah, our fixtures have just been announced for um, the county season. So we kick off against Kent on the 7th of April. Okay. So I'll try and look to sort of get back um, towards the end of March. Um, also eyeing out sort of, if I can, a little bit of a break before I go back into the season. We we start the county season with uh, six Porto games in six weeks. Um, so it's going to be, yeah... Uh, a tough start, but yeah, hopefully I'll be I'll be ready for it and fresh enough to to put my best foot forward. No, excellent. But just your thoughts on this as well, and um, because the way I'm seeing, you know, guys are are playing older and older and older, and you know they're 37, 38, and they're still dominating. Um, is your plan to just also push on for as long as possible and play as many formats as you can? Yeah, like I'm a elite sports junkie um, and the whole thing with uh, Tom Brady, um, I'm obsessed with like American sport. And so, yeah, I've been watching, there's a new documentary of his called Man in the Arena and like he speaks about it. Um, but yeah, like obviously I want to try and play for as long as I can. Um, 
I don't want to sort of fade away. I'd like to be able to say, okay, you know what? I've, I've had my time in the sun and it's, it's time for somebody else to come through now. But if I'm still performing and still putting in performances like he is um, at his age, then happy days. But I think, I think every sportsman knows um, when that sort of grim reaper, so to speak, comes knocking on your door. You kind of know when it's time. So I'm pretty sure I'll know when it's time to sort of close the door. I think it's it's Darren Stevens. He's 45, 46. Is it? Uh, yeah. No, his Grim Reaper is obviously flipping far away. Maybe you can ask him for one or two tips because I don't know how that goes. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. It's, it's yeah. crazy, actually. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, Simon, you've been through a lot. You, you've done well. You've taken wickets. You know, you've averaged 19.9 at some 19.19 some seasons. You know, you've taken 80 plus wickets in a season. It's been brilliant. Do you feel that also creates a bit of a, a presence you have? You know, when, when, when Simon's here, hey, things are going to happen. Do you feel that is a bit of a presence you, you do create in, in the change room on the field with Sussex and the Titans? Um, yeah, I think at Essex, we, I do, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, and it's not always a good thing, um, I always demand like a certain level of whether it be professionalism or performance or um but I hope that by doing that, I'm, I'm lifting guys up and I'm trying to make them better, that it's only coming from a good place, that the only reason that I'm putting pressure on you or I, I have a go to you, whatever the case may be, is because I, I think you could be so much better. Um, and I hope that every change room environment that I walk into, that I have that sort of impact, that I can somehow take that change room for what it is and make it even if it's one percent better you know i want to you want to find you want to leave the place better off than it was when you got there and, and i hope that i've done that with essex and i hope that in time to come that the change rooms that i walk into that i can also bring an aspect of of trying to to uplift people or to try and make people better maybe uplift is the wrong word um upskill whatever it may be but you know create that competition within training and and push guys to be better and to try and find that one percent or to have the mindset when you come to training, leave training better than you were when you got there. Just like, you know, you always look at the end goals and the big things, but it's those little things that you do day to day that end up all adding up. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know. You can see that it's um, quite a passionate thing for me and, and I love sort of being involved and being within a team. Um, so, yeah, hopefully I, I do sort of add a little bit here and there. No, without a doubt, Simon. Definitely. It's it's awesome to see, man. Um, but obviously a bit of red ball cricket and there's going to be a bit of white ball cricket happening along the way. Um, you know, as a spinner, and obviously you've got to throw at you, you can bat a, a bit. No, I'm joking. You bat very, very well, Simon. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's a fair comment at this, at this uh, day and age. Well, well about 24 first class uh, half centuries. It's uh, decent. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the opposite of a fine wine. I'm going the other way. So I've been working, <laughs> up, working hard to sort that out. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's excellent, man. But in terms of white ball cricket, Ed, I think it took a lot of people by surprise because I think uh, there was a thought at one stage where spinners are going to get you know, really taken apart when it comes to the shorter format, T10, T20 cricket. Have the guys really had a change their approach to the game and have spinners actually become even more valuable in the shorter format of the game? Yeah, I think, you know, spinners, 
especially wrist spinners, uh, perhaps not so much orthodox spinners, have always been an asset within T20 cricket. But I do feel in the last sort of five years, there has been um, more orthodox off spinners doing well in the T20 leagues around the world. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think in terms of white ball cricket, there's, there's space for them. Um, but you certainly can't be predictable. You need to make sure that you've got something in your armory that keeps the batter guessing because if you're going to run up and put six balls in the same spot, you, you're you going to travel. Um, and so you need to find ways to make it work um, in, in the shorter format of the game because with all these leagues, with all the competition, um, the guys are getting better and better and, and moving the game forward and introducing new shots and tactics and whatever the case may be. I mean, it's now kind of the norm that a spinner bowl is the first over of a T20 game where two or three years ago that might not have been the case. It was kind of like just try and get an over out the way, whereas the frontline spinners are now bowling in the power play. So the dynamic is constantly changing and you're having to sort of constantly evolve with that as well. Um, and I think that's the challenge of white ball cricket. Red ball cricket is very traditional. Um, you've got to be as accurate as you possibly can where T20 cricket is changing. And, and those are the sort of the challenges that ex- bring the excitement into sort of change of formats. Uh, definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, look at Glenn Maxwell the other day, what, 154 or something ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's a freak. Can, it is. But again, you know, yeah. often referred to that on, on my talks that it just shows how unique cricket is because the game has expanded. It's kept its traditions, but it's still growing and developing. And it's actually unique. And not many sports can actually do that and play so many different ways of it. It's, you know, all different formats. You know what I'm trying to say? So, no, yeah. that's excellent. Yeah. Well, Simon, it's been really good to chat to you. But as we sort of draw towards an end, um, where are you currently right now? What's happening? Um, I'm sure you've got quite a few fixtures coming up. Yeah, so we just got to Bloom today. Uh, we start a, a four-day game on Thursday against the Knights, um, which should be a good challenge. They they've built a really built a really uh, strong squad over the last couple of years with Pat Van Bullion in the helm and Alan Donald coming back from from overseas and uh, JP Trigard, who's been doing um, some good work as well. So it's going to be a a tough four days here in Bloom. It's it's bloody hot. I think when we when we got out the combis, it was about thirty four degrees. So um, yeah, it's going to be a sweltering sort of four days. And then at the end of next week, we move into the T20 bubble, which is going to be played in, in Port Elizabeth. Okay. Um, so yeah, so looking forward to that. Um, played a little bit of cricket at, at St. George's Park. So, nice. um, hopefully we can sort of exploit those conditions and, and try and have a, a successful competition. But yeah, that's kind of what the next sort of four to six weeks look like. Excellent. Well, Simon, going to be watching you with with uh, close attention because it's been really good to chat to you. And yeah, I think you I think you add value to cricket. Doesn't matter who you're playing for. And it's good to have you in South Africa and wishing you well for the season. And obviously, when you go back to play for Essex, man. So wishing you well. Thank you so much for your time, Simon. Class act. Have a good one. All the best. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks so much to the sports editor for you guys for having me. I appreciate your time. Lekker, my man. Uh, Simon, when this is up. Uh,